Hello sports fans and welcome back to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are here as a podcast to talk about matters of doctrine that lead to uh, adoration and praise of God. I am Skylar Spradlin here still with Larry Jones. And I'm, well never mind, you already said it. You are Larry Jones. I'm not the one and only. There are many out there. You say but that often, but you are I actually very unique. came back from overseas in the military with someone else's pay records with the exact same name as me. Middle name, too? Yeah. Did His, you get more money? No, he was the same rank I was. You got the same money. Uh, so I went to get paid, and uh, they realized that this is not me. How'd they do that? ID well, numbers? The, the ID number was wrong. And he was the same rank, so they went ahead and paid me, but they kept the records and swapped them. Well, we are all now more enlightened about how the military does things And also, in the 70s. When I was in school, we had a Larry Leroy Jones in my class. Did he go by Leroy? No, he went by Larry. Yeah. Well, we weren't like, it was a pretty big class, and... We didn't, like, see each other several times a day. We're talking, like, the 1820s, aren't we? Well, it wasn't a little small schoolhouse, you know, down on the corner where you ride your horse and buggy to get there. Out on the prairie. I had to walk. Through waving grass. Uphill both ways. A mile each way. Uphill uphill both ways. In the blizzards. In the snow, yep. I know your type. (laughs) Uh, speaking of blizzards and snow, this is going to be, well, I think it's going to be the last podcast of the year, right? It is, yeah? Yeah, we'll probably take the season off. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, so the next two weeks, we won't be here. Okay. And maybe the next three, but we'll pick up early January. Yeah, I think we should. Back where we left off. There are some people that listen to us that... Quite frankly, I'm surprised they. I don't know how you get that in your head. Uh, Because I don't feel like I have a whole lot to offer. No, I mean, how do you know they're listening? Uh, I've seen that they follow us on Facebook, that kind of a thing. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. Well, also, I have, you know, met at someone new at church, for instance. And I go up to them and say hi, and they, they tell me who I am because they recognize my voice. That is creepy. And, and, and that is super creepy because I know what I sound like, and I sound like a hick. Hick from Oklahoma? Yeah. In my one-room schoolie house. That's true. Uh, there are some that listen, yeah. But I think they do it out of kindness. Not our wives. That's true. I think a lot of people who have moved away listen to us occasionally, and uh, kind of to reminisce. Yeah. Uh, these are good buddies of mine. Till the newness wears off, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But either way, we want to be uplifting. We want. We hope people that do hear us um, are encouraged. We, we do want to cover subjects that are godly, and we want to point them to Christ. Speaking of subjects, Kimosabi, yeah. what is today's? Well, subject. Da, 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 da. Church government. Ooh. Doesn't that sound like a uh, riveting, a boring search, 
uh, subject? No, you say it's a riveting subject. You told me that you thought we should skip this subject. Yeah, I did, but then you said, no, it's going to be good. And I gave you some reasons that I think you agreed with. Yes, you did. I did, but then I forgot what they were. Well, it doesn't matter. You agreed, and here we are talking about it. Why then, Larry Lee Jones, do you think church government is important and worth talking about? I think it's something that is actually spelled out in the Bible to <gasps> some extent. Dun, dun, dun. It and, means uh, it's not a free-for-all? We don't get to invent our own things? Well, it's, it means that you don't get to, in God's design, go willy-nilly. He's got a plan. I don't know who Mr. Nilly is, but that's right. I know Willie, but I don't know if I know Willie Nilly. That's right. We don't have the freedom to go all Willie Nilly, however you want to define that phrase. Uh, we don't have the freedom to do whatever we want to do. So is that yes, your only true. reason for talking about the subject? Um, well, yeah, I have a lot of negative reasons to not that I don't like about other church-type governments. Okay. We're going to bash our other denominational brothers and sisters right now? I Might as well. I don't think the, I'm really trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but I want to do things God's way. And those other ways, I don't see how they come up with that because it doesn't seem like it's God's way. Mm. Shots have been fired. Good thing we don't listen to podcasts. This, it's just random shots not aimed at anyone in particular. But if it lands... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's the way the Bible says you should do church government. What else leads you to talk about church government? You've said it's in the Bible. You think others do it wrongly. So I'm going to say you think there needs to be clarification. Well, what else? God is a God of order. Yes, that. that's true. First Corinthians and 14. When he sets out a plan, a design, why would you change that? I have no answer. I wouldn't. Well, if do you want to talk briefly about some of the other orders? Oh, that's a funny sound. I wish I had that recorded. Well, you do. <laughs> uh, there are. I would. I would probably break them off into two or three groups. Okay. Okay. Uh, and there's all kinds of nuance in these groups, but there's the hierarchical approach. And again, a, a bunch of different ways to do that. Presbyters, presbyteries, um, bishops. Yep, yep. You know, cardinals. That's really Roman Catholic, but... That kind of idea where it's kind of a top down. There's a either a person or a governing body at the top that regulates doctrine and so on and so forth. For the individual church or for all the churches? All the churches. In their group. Yeah, and the in that that belong to that denomination. And churches typically can be free to kinda carry out some of the methods in their own ways in their own context, but when they're they still they're, have to report to yeah, they're told basically what is, what the belief is, what's true, 
Um, the denomination is responsible for things like ordination, ordination of ministers, sometimes moving of ministers and placing of ministers. So there's just a lot of nuance, but the idea there is it's a hierarchy. Yes. Um, and then I I want to make a distinction between the next two. I, I said I didn't know if there were two or three. I'm going to go ahead and say that there, I would categorize them into three. Okay. There's there's some, I don't know that they are necessarily a de- denomination, but it's a form of church government where there's one one head honcho and he makes all the decisions. Kind of like the Pope. Well, more so on the local church level. Oh, okay. They usually call themselves apostles or prophets or... It's it's almost like a cult leader. Okay. If that makes sense. That does make sense. So they're kind of unquestioned. They make all the decisions. Do these people also hear from God and can say things that really aren't in the Bible? Typically, and, yeah. And that becomes part of the following? Typically. And then the third one, I would, again, b- very broadly say congregational. And then there's a bunch of nuances in congregational. Uh, elder rule, elder led, deacon led, deacon body, um, so on and so forth. Right, right. Yeah, so, I came from a pastor, board of deacons, con- congregation. Yeah, most in our context did come from that. That is slowly changing yes it is in our context so why why do you think it is slowly changing is that because when you read the bible you don't really see that type of uh, church government well i don't want to ask inquisitively i mean i don't i don't want to say that there's more students of the bible because i think a lot of pastors and church leaders were were great students of the Bible. Right. Maybe the the average church member is also becoming more educated on the subject because perhaps pastors in churches are talking about it more. But I, th- I think there was just a, a century or so there where we've, we just found in church life that it, it doesn't work. Um, we, well, we created the one that I am familiar with, created a lot of hardship. Yeah, we, we kind of moved very pragmatic. And in that pragmatism, we ran after what we thought would work, the magic bullet or whatever else. That didn't work, and so we re-examined and found, hey, it's actually not a good thing or a healthy thing for the church to be led by one pastor and and then deacons, men who are um, measured by the, a, a different qualification standard than than, than uh, overseer or yeah. or leadership. Now, there's a lot of brothers that we know in our context who would disagree with us, and and they yeah. would say it's fine, and that's their their convictional place. And many of these who uh, like deacon boards, they're godly people. Oh yeah, many of them, and they yeah. they are seeking God's will, and they are doing it right. You're just at the very basic level. You are selecting men based on a qualification yeah. that is not a qualification to oversee or lead. Okay. Yes. Now the now the, as, and so it's it's just trying to fit a 
round peg in a square hole kind of thing. Yeah, the qualification we're referring to is the qualifications in like Timothy and Yeah, Titus. just for example, First Timothy 3, uh, pretty much the only one for deacons, and, and you kind of, they're, they're appointed for other tasks than overseeing. And right. so when you look at their office and their qualifications, you don't find a guy who meets those qualifications and then put him in a place of overseeing and, and leadership or shepherding. Right. Uh, because he wasn't measured against that standard. You don't know if he's actually called or equipped to meet that standard. You know, but other, I, and I've heard some, some other guys uh, very sincerely say, well, the pastor is the elder and the deacons are the deacons and they help him. And I get that. They provide accountability. I've heard others say, hey, pastors move on so often. Deacons are the ones who stay around. Uh, and so they're the consistency in church leadership. Well, and there's I understand that too. A ring of truth. Yeah, I, I, that's a true statement. I get that. Um, my my whole point to you about church government was, I think it is worth discussing, studying, talking about whatever, because we want healthy churches. Because healthy churches advance the sake of Christ. Right. And a healthy church is only a church that's operating according to the design and will of God. Okay. And so we have to study the design and will of God as it pertains to how the church is set up and supposed to operate so that we can be healthy, faithful witnesses for Christ as we're intended to be. Okay. That's my whole persuasive spiel to listen to a discussion on church government. So could we uh, maybe get into the de- defining or what the scripture actually says about uh, elders, for instance, and compare them maybe to deacons? Or is, yeah, um, is that well, I think, too detailed a study? No, um, let me sit, tell you where I'm at, what I, what I believe. Okay. I believe the Bible teaches an elder-led congregationalism. Two-cent word. By that, I mean God has designed a dual authority within the church that is supposed to work slowly together. Okay, okay. So the congregation, the member of a local church, has a massive responsibility and if I can kind of ramp up the the term their obligation to vote in congregational settings okay yeah and not to vote their opinion not to vote their preference but to vote their discernment of the spirit's will okay I have a big thing that I've been working on trying to define better defined define congregationalism and the the members role in congregationalism and it's not like voting in a political election or a secular democracy where you're voting what you think is best the whole impetus behind the priesthood of believers impetus. voting the whole movement or power behind the priesthood of believers voting in a congregation is so that God might lead the church through the vote of the majority. 
and the vote of the individual then should be seeking the will of the spirit in the particular matter and voting that way according right, to the scriptures leading and according to God's leading and that should be how how the church determines the spirit's leadership okay yeah that so, makes sense I think you see that all over the place I think you see that uh, in Acts 6 when they're choosing out seven men I think you see that when in so, somehow when they send out Paul and Barnabas and Antioch the spirit sets them apart and they pray for them and lay hands on them and send them out I think you see that in matters of church discipline the majority language is used there uh, so there's a, a some sense of voting knowing who belongs and who right. who gets to vote right but then at the same time, there's this other office there that bears a lot of authority also, and it's the eldership. Right. But they don't have unilateral authority, and neither does the congregation. They work together. I mean, the elders are called overseers, and in several places, Hebrews 13, the congregation is told to submit to their elders. Yes. yes. And yet, the elders also are responsible to seek the church's wisdom in voting matters and and try to discern the will of the Lord there. Yes, I'm following along. And so I think you have in the scriptures both. I think the local church is autonomous and governed by the head, Christ, through yes. through his spirit, through the means of Elders who are overseers, and it's always plural in the Bible. Yeah, it's more than one. Elder, bishop, pastor. But also the obligation of the congregation to vote, again, not not even just their conscience, vote according to Scripture and the Spirit's leading. It's kind of hard to sometimes figure that out. Cause, yeah. Because I'm, I'm sitting there as a, a member of a church, and I'm wanting to vote what god wants but there's a you god gave us a brain to reason things out yeah so you you want to vote uh and i don't know if if i if i voted this way am i voting it because this is what i think we should do or this is what i think god's telling us to do well i'm leading us to do i think that's why in our our church when we put out the agenda so many weeks before yeah we should be saturating our meetings in prayer and then yeah. trusting that god's going to work in that moment to lead our thinking and our di- our discussion and help us arrive in unity to right. the right answer and so on and so forth so would that be something we might do during the announcements before a uh a meeting coming up in two weeks. We're going to discuss this situation. You guys be praying about that. Well, that, see that what is what God we do. wants you to do. Yeah, we already do that. We say the the agenda is out. Pick it up and take it home and and grab it and ask any questions you want, but be praying about these matters before our meeting. We say it yeah. every time. I know we say that every time, but. I would say a small percentage of our membership will actually grab one, take it, and study it, and do the things you just said. Yeah. Uh, and and I would say a lot of our membership would rather us keep bringing it up, <laughs> say, okay, we're going to pray about this financial matter. 
So, I mean, there's a you, you say there's an agenda out there. Take it home and study it and read it and pray about it. But if you say there's a, 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 a financial matter that we need to decide on as a church and we're seeking God's leadership, uh, so be sure and be praying for that. It's kind of a reminder before we get to the actual moment. And sometimes people will say, uh, well, I think we need to pray about this more. Yeah, and that's sometimes and that's sometimes right. Sometimes it's true. We do need to pray about it more because yeah. it's a big decision. Yeah, absolutely. But the, I think the if if we have been following what we hope is a, a good layout, they will have already prayed about it and already had a discernment of what God would have us do. Yeah, and but I mean honestly too, there are times when new information is presented and so on and so forth that that might require more time. Uh, for discerning a matter. Right. Um, but we should always be asking questions uh, even before meetings so that we can be informed in our prayers of how God would have us to to vote. We're doing, right. we're conducting his business in his name. We shouldn't be doing this uh, in our own efforts or strength or whatever right. else. Right. So, I, you know, I think this goes back to the importance of members being grounded in the scriptures, the importance of members of having a, healthy, faithful walk with Christ uh, in regular times of prayer so that they know kind of where the Lord is working and leading and, and all of those things. Right, right. So that at any moment's time, uh, they they might be able to discern the will of the Lord and act accordingly. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thought there. I was just, because I, I go through, as I go through my life, I know that there are times when I'm walking closer to God Mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeking his will for my life on a regular basis. I'm looking for opportunities to share the gospel. I'm and I'm praying for the needs of others around me and sometimes making contacts with people to see how that's going, trying to minister to other people. Yeah. Uh, those times are sweeter when I'm walking closely myself with with the Lord, yeah. studying his word and constantly seeking uh, sometimes it's so easy to just not even think about it. Yeah. You live your life taking care of your basic needs during the day, and and you might throw in a little prayer here and there, and you might throw in a little Bible study, and but you're yeah. not really walking as close to the Lord as he would have us. Yeah. And, and when I can do that or when I am doing that, I think the the walk is so much sweeter, and I think God does open doors of opportunity to share the gospel, and and I can actually recognize, hey, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Ask this person another question. Yeah. Continue the conversation. Yeah. Well, I think um, there's a lot to this subject, um, but it sounds like today kind of our focus is the responsibility we all have as members to be seeking the Lord and acting together in unity with the church. Right. And even if someone that's listening has a deacon-led, pastor-deacon, congregational-type church, they still should be seeking the same thing that you yeah. say our church needs to, to do, even though we have elder-led congregationalism, Yeah, if that's the right word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope today's conversation was encouraging. We may want to revisit parts of it later we didn't get much into why a plurality of elders uh, what exactly does that mean who does what 
how yeah, do those decisions yeah. make get made? We didn't cover m- much any of that, but um, still, hopefully today it was encouraging. Uh, if you want to ask a question or leave a comment, you can always reach out to us at uh, doctrinedoxology.com, all one word, doctrinedoxology.com. Yeah. Find some other things there as well, um, and we would love to hear from you. Well, if people want to really look into it, what the Bible says about elders and whether there should be elders, and they can find that in uh, Timothy. I don't remember the reference. Yeah, First Timothy three, Titus one, First Peter five. There's there's a few. Yeah, yeah. I don't have those to memory, but I've I've read them. Yeah, once in my lifetime. I know I've read that. I've had to have. All right, let's let's let me pray and uh, we'll be uh dismissed. <laughs> but for the year. See you next year. Yeah, we'll be dismissed. Uh we look forward to coming back again and and hopefully bringing up some subjects that are dear to your heart and ours. So Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning and uh praying for you uh to guide us, to lead us, to uh show us how to walk in obedience to you to uh, live our lives for you out loud let others see you in our lives and may you be glorified through it may you give us opportunities to share your gospel Uh, may we uh, share your wonderful love and see salvations lord i ask you to be with us during this this season that we uh, that just remember that the precious gift that was given to us that we are celebrating this season and the reason you sent that precious gift to save a people to yourself. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.